You're listening to teaching from the Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. My dad was great about buying us kids gifts that we didn't even know we wanted. Uh, He was just very thoughtful. But one of the gifts that my dad got for me, and I think it was my birthday, it was a Nintendo. And and this was the first generation Nintendo. Some of you will remember, that's actually where they had the remotes that had cords to them, that that had cartridges that that would get dust on them and you'd have to blow them out. You'd go and try to get them to work. We had great games such as Gyromite and Duck Hunt, Tech Mobile and Double Dribble, and man, I would just play those for hours and hours and hours. But one of my favorite games was Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. It was just a game that, man, I could just spend time and time again playing. And we've been in a series called Games Families Play, and we've been pulling out principles from these games. But if you never played this awesome game, or at least it was an awesome game back then in my childhood, you started off with a little guy named Mac. And Mac, he was weak, he wasn't strong, just had a few basic punches. And you'd go through the ranks and you'd go against a guy named King Hippo and Don Flamingo and the Bald Bull and the Great Tiger. But your ultimate goal was to go against Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson was strong, he was fast, he was just incredible, and there was like no chance that you could ever beat Mike Tyson. But you tried and you tried and you tried, and I remember finally going through the ranks, going against Mike Tyson in the first round, man, he just knocked me out. And I was like, man, I'm never going to be able to beat Mike Tyson. But I just kept on playing and playing, and one day I finally knocked out Mike Tyson. And man, I was screaming and yelling. My parents thought something was wrong. But I was like, yes, I finally beat Mike Tyson. It's awesome. And they're like, okay, that's great, son. (laughs) Wonderful. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I just beat the whole game. you got to have excitement. And they're like, okay. Uh, let's go buy you a new video game so you can get excited again. But during that time, I, I began to follow Mike Tyson's career. And, and Mike Tyson meant incredible boxer. I mean, he was the undisputed boxing champion. I, I believe it was February 11th of uh, 1990 or 1995. And he was going against a guy named Buster Douglas. It was in Tokyo, Japan. And it was right before he was going, going to fight Evander Holyfield. And, and, and basically, Buster Douglas was to be a warm-up fight for Mike Tyson. I mean, and, and so it was like 42 to 1 odds. I mean, there was no chance that Buster Douglas had a chance to beat Mike Tyson. But through eight rounds, Buster Douglas was hurting Mike Tyson. But then the eighth round takes place, and Mike Tyson knocks down... Buster Douglas, and everyone thought, oh, this is over. There's no chance he's going to get up. But Buster Douglas gets off the ground, and then he actually hurts Mike Tyson into the ninth round with a series of punches. In the tenth round, he hits Mike Tyson with an uppercut, four other punches, and Mike Tyson goes down, and he doesn't get up. Buster Douglas ends up winning. And and several people called this bout a David and Goliath story. 
No one expected Buster Douglas to beat Mike Tyson. I mean, the odds were against it. Today, we're going to be talking about that familiar story, that story that many of you have heard many times, the story of David and Goliath. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be camping out in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Let me kind of lay out what's going on here. We're in the Valley of Elah, and we have two sides here. We have the Philistines who have the big giant named Goliath, who's over nine feet tall, almost ten feet tall. He's got a bronze helmet. He's got a coat. He's got a big old vest armor that weighs about 125 pounds. He's got leg armor. He's got an armor bearer that, that carries his shield for him. And then on the other side, we got the Israelites, and they don't have a Goliath. They, they don't have a Goliath. And, and what Goliath does is he taunts them for 40 days. He says, come on, come on, someone come fight me. And, and if I win then I'll make you guys slaves. But if you happen to win, we'll make our army slaves, but that's not going to happen. And he's talking smack, and he's laying it out for him. Hey, come fight me. But then David shows up. His brothers are in the army. He's going to bring him some water burger and some Texas barbecue. He's bringing him some food. And he sees this big giant, and he's, he hears him taunting him. He says, who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And his brother's like, dude, this isn't your fight. You're just trying to get in the middle of something that you don't need to. They ridicule him. But David has this confidence when he sees this giant. It's a lot of confidence because here... Again, Goliath is over nine feet tall. The average height of an Israelite man was five feet tall. So you can see the big distance between this. And, and so I began to ask, where did David's confidence come from that he thinks that he could face this big giant? I, I, I believe it's found in verses 26 and 36. It says, for who is this what? Uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God. Verse 36. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this what? Uncircumcised Philistine, shall he be like one of them? For he has defiled the armies of the living God. See, David sees things from a different perspective than everyone else. Everyone else is looking up at this giant. And David says, this guy needs a doctor. This guy, he's not circumcised. That means that he's not on our side. If you were circumcised, you were part of God's team. If you weren't, that means you were a pagan. Every good Israelite was circumcised on the eighth day. Circumcision is mentioned a hundred different times in the Bible. It's important. It showed the covenant that was made with Abraham, that God made with Abraham. It showed that you were a follower of God. And so David sees Goliath, and he's like, hey, he's not part of our team. We have the power. God is on our side. You might ask, well, what is a covenant? It's an agreement between God and his people in which God makes promises to his people and usually requires them certain conduct from them. Well, we see covenants with Moses. We see covenants with Noah. We see covenants with Israel. You'll hear us speak of the new covenant covenant. And, and, and so one of the things that uh, I know that Tony Evans mentioned 
and you, you'll see this up on screen. Tony Evans says that we all live under a covenant. He says we all live under, we, we have a covenant, but we don't always live under the covenant. And, and what he means by that is he, he compared it this way. He said we all have access to the promises of God. We, we, we all know what the Bible says. We all have power and we all have strength. But so many people just kind of carry the Bible around like an umbrella. We, we, we just carry it and we say, well, God, yeah, you have the power, you have the strength. When we face giants, we, we have the umbrella. But the problem is we never open up the umbrella. We just keep it closed. We, we, some people just walk around with the umbrella, but some people actually use the umbrella. See, we're going to face giants. Giants are going to rain down. There's going to be hard times in our life. We're going to experience those. The question is, will you open the umbrella? David not only had the umbrella, not only did he have the umbrella, but he also opened the umbrella. He believed in the promises and the power of God. So Saul, Saul says, David, you can't fight this guy. You're just a boy. David says, I'm a shepherd who's killed a lion and a bear. I'm not just a boy. I, I got this confidence. Let's continue looking. Verses 36 and 37. He says, I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who has rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. So, finally, so Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said. May the Lord be with you. So Saul says, hey, I, I want you to put on my armor. And so, Saul, or so David tries to put on his armor. It's way too big. It's not comfortable. And, and, and David says, no, I can't wear this stuff. You know, we can't be someone else. God has created us with individual gifts and talents. Don't you, we can learn from someone else, but be who God created you to be. And, and David says, hey, I just need to be who I am. I don't need this armor. I don't need all this other stuff. He just needed his sling. He just needed his sling. So he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's back. And then armed only with the shepherd's staff and his sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistines. Now, why five smooth stones? Anybody know? Smooth stones was important because they were more accurate. These stones were about the size of a tennis ball, about a pound apiece. And what's said about these people who, uh, with these slingshots, this wasn't just a normal slingshot, not one that you'd buy from Walmart or Academy, but they could sling a stone this size at a rate of, at 100 to 150 miles an hour, making it a lethal weapon. I, I, I've heard this compared to uh, like a major league baseball player uh, throwing a fastball at your head, if that, if that kind of gets you uh, something. They were so accurate that they could hit a coin from, from 200 yards away with these rocks. They could hit a bird mid-air, uh, with these rocks. And so they were accurate, and, and that's the type of person that David was. He was a, what we would call a slinger, and he was a projectile warrior. In ancient times, there was three main types of warriors. Uh, we had 
cavalry that rode on horses and chariots. We had infantry that had your big shields and, and your big armor that normally had spikes. And, and then you had your projectile warriors, your slingers, those who would sling rocks that were very accurate with that. And, and, and what, what I've learned is infantry could stand up to the cavalry because a lot of times they would knock off their chariots or they would knock off their horses and, and they would battle them that way. Cavalry could defeat projectile warriors because they would zig in and out and it was really hard for the slingers to be able to hit them. But projectile warriors could defeat the infantry because they were kind of standing objects and, and so they were pretty easy to hit. And so what we have is we have David he wasn't in the army but he would have been a slinger, a projectile warrior and he's going against this, this big giant, Goliath, who was infantry. And so, again, we're looking at and we see this big giant, and David's like, hey, man, I got my rocks. I, I, I'm good to go. Why does he have five rocks? Some people have asked. Some people say that Goliath had four brothers, and so if they jumped in, David was ready to take them out as well. Others have said David might have been like us. Just in case he missed, he wanted four backup tries. I, I don't know, but he was accurate and he was good. And we're going to find out in our text, it only took him one shot, so it didn't really matter for the four other rocks. Next ten verses we're going to see, we're going to see the battle. And Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. I mean, that, this giant's taunting him. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Today the Lord will conquer you and will kill you and cut off your head and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord will rescue rescues his people. Great children's story, right? I'm, I'm glad that we teach this story so much in children's ministry, right? But not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle. He will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag, taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling. Remember, these things can go 100, 150 miles an hour. He's going at it. And he hit the Philistine in the forehead with the rock. The Romans literally had tongs that they would pull out the rocks out of people's foreheads because they wanted to keep their stones. The stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. And so David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. And then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath, and David used it to kill him and cut off his head. Pretty incredible story, right? Pretty incredible story. We, we, we admire David, and, and, and you got to admire his spirit. So many people look, uh, looked at Goliath and said, man, there's no way that we can, we can beat Goliath. He's too big. And, and David looks at Goliath and he says, man, he's too big not to miss. I mean, I, I, there, there's just no chance that I can't miss hitting this guy. You, you've got to admire that spirit. David, there's lots of, story, there's lots of things to learn from him. 
You have to admire his faith. You have to admire his talents and his gifts. But I want to make this story a little personal to you. I, I think we all have a Goliath, don't we? we? We all have a Mike Tyson. We all have a situation, a circumstance, a pain or a problem that looms large in our lives. Something that just kind of taunts us. Something that just tries to get at us. It might be medical. It might be financial. It might be your job. Maybe you feel underemployed. Or maybe you want a new job. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe some of you are feeling lonely today. Maybe some of you have medical issues. Maybe you've been diagnosed with cancer or some other element that's just causing you problems. And, and, and Goliath is taunting you. And, and he's making fun of you. And, and, and you just feel like giving up. You, you feel like giving up. You get discouraged. And, and it's hard in life. But I want to encourage you. Don't give up fighting. Don't give up fighting. Well, when I was a kid, we had this little chihuahua. Her name was Pebbles. And man, she was small, but she was not scared of anybody. And she would come up and she'd just start barking, barking, barking. And then she'd nip on your heels and you'd act like you were going to kick her and she'd run around in a circle. And then she'd come back and nip you some more. She was persistent. She just would not give up. I'm like, dog, you weigh like two pounds. And you, you got to have all of this courage. You know what? For some of you, God, that's what God's whispering to you today. You, you've been facing this giant and you feel like giving up. But when I'm telling you, what I'm encouraging you is, don't give up. Be persistent. Secondly, don't fight Goliath in hand-to-hand -hand combat. You are a slinger. You have a powerful weapon of the air. And that's prayer. For too many of you, you've been trying to fight your giant in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Instead of praying, instead of giving it over to God to say, God, you know what, I can't deal with this. This is beyond my control. I give this over to you, and I ask for your wisdom and your guidance. I, I, I just don't know what to do anymore, God. Instead of making prayer the last resort, make it the first resort. We have this powerful weapon, prayer. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Watch God work. He may not work right away in your time frame. He may not even work in the way that you want him to work. But God does answer prayer, and he's done it time and time again, and I've seen it. I've seen it in your life, and I've seen it in the church, and I've seen it in my life. But this is what I want us to start telling our giants. I, I want you to repeat these two verses that we're about to, about to say out loud. Re repeat it with me. You come to me with sword, fear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And then secondly, this is the Lord's battle, and he'll give it to us. When you face your Goliath, when you face your Goliath, I want you to repeat those phrases. I want you to repeat those phrases. We're going to defeat our Goliath, our Mike Tyson, in the name of the Lord. Our El Shaddai. He's our refuge. He's our shield. He's everything to us. And it's his battle. 
some of you don't just have the power. Don't just pick up the umbrella. But open it up and watch God work.